And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another Head of the Pack. You thought you could get rid of us, but we have some ad deals for a couple more weeks so you get more Packers content. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being honest. Um, Brian Gutekunst talked this morning. We're recording this Friday early afternoon. He spoke to reporters uh, at Lambeau Field earlier this morning and no real concrete answers about anything. We didn't expect there to be any of those. Brian Gutekunst is the master of dancing around questions and offering vague answers. And that's probably his... uh, intention with these press conferences but it's our job to read between the lines and we will do that starting right now with uh, the guy who wears number 12 for the Packers you know it's been interesting because I asked Goody the first question of the press conference the last two off seasons both when Rodgers wanted out two off seasons ago then when he was making up his mind this past off season it's really seemed like it's up to him alone whether he wants to be here or not Packers wanted him back that was a given Rodgers has said on multiple occasions Uh, He implied it after they beat the Bears. And then he said it outright after they lost to the Lions uh, the second time that he doesn't think it'll be his decision alone, whether he comes back or not. And my biggest takeaway from today was that it will be his decision alone if we're to believe kind of the breadcrumbs that that Goody dropped. Yeah, you know, I was writing my story as as were you and I'm looking for the big big quote, and there wasn't one. He was kind of tepidant about a lot of it other than, quote, we made a really big commitment to him last offseason. So I think as we did that, it wasn't certainly for just this year. So that, to me, is, is like the answer, right? He's not back for 2022. He's back for 2023, at least. Yeah, that was the, I thought that was, like you said, the the definitive line that when they signed him to that three-year contract extension, they didn't have the intention that uh, he would just be, just be here for a year. Um, There's so many financial implications that we'll get into at a later date, but the bottom line is it seems like Brian Gutekunst wants Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback next year. Now here's something else that he said. Let me get the exact quote up. He was asked, who gives you a better chance to win next season, Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love? Now, I understand there's some unknown in that because they haven't seen Love for an extended period of time. But Goody said, well, I mean, you're talking about a four-time MVP, right? We're very excited about Jordan and where he's at. There's no doubt about that. But Jordan's never played a 16-17 game season and gone through all that stuff. It's no different than when we move from Brett to Aaron, right? That's a hard thing to say. But at the same time, where Aaron's at, the level he's at, there's not many teams he wouldn't give the best chance to win. So that certainly seems like they think Aaron Rodgers will give them a better chance to win over Jordan Love. And I have to think, though we don't know, this is just speculation on my part. You want Aaron Rodgers back because he's Aaron Rodgers, regardless of who's behind him. 
But you have to at least wonder if they want him back so badly, it seems, because they're just not that confident in what Jordan Love can be. I agree with you, Matt. Um, we, we talked about this up in the office earlier today. When Rodgers had a broken thumb, they could have brought in Jordan Love. They didn't. When Aaron Rodgers had injured ribs against Philadelphia, and the Packers are 4-8, and eight, and Love actually looked pretty good at the end of the game in garbage time, they could have made the change at that point. Hell, they had a whole bye week to contemplate that thing, right? Or they could have adapted the offense. They didn't do it then either. So if you're not going to make the change when your quarterback has a broken thumb, you're not going to make the change when the team lost, was it seven out of eight at that point, and your quarterback has injured ribs, when are you ever going to make the change? So which makes me wonder, A, look, and we've talked about this, and they've all said it. The Packers know what they've got. they got a pretty good idea just from three years of practice. A, one, maybe they don't like what they've seen, or B, they're just scared of the future. And I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just scared to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders or whoever the hell he wins the Super Bowl. I don't know, but they're going to roll this guy back out there after maybe his worst season of his career. Yeah, and, and I think it reminds me of this past offseason when we were asking about, you know, Mason Crosby missing – 10 field goals in the regular season and playoffs. And they kept saying Mason Crosby. I, I think Goody said to us when he sat down with the local writers before the combine that Mason Crosby is a championship caliber kicker. And he came back and had a great year this year. Yep. They blamed it on the operation and everything around him. When Brian Gutekunst was asked today, you know, why do you think Rogers can still be the guy? He named losing Devonte Adams, injuries to Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, Robert Tunyon, moving pieces, uh, injuries Rodgers dealt with. And he said he can still play. He still can play at a very high level. I really like the way he led us. Now, Bill, I don't know if this is them actually believing that or them just being brainwashed by what Rodgers has done in the past. And listen, he's won MVP two out of the last three years. I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Yes, his play dropped this year. There's no denying that. But I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt when we ask the question, was this just more of a, a blip in the radar because of injuries and everything around him and also his own regression? Or is this the start of a steep decline? Or can he maybe not return to MVP level next season, but can he you know, still be the guy to lead this team to where they need to be? And that's a, in championship contention, at least. The Packers clearly think the answer is yes. Like you said, Goody said at the bye week, if they were to become mathematically eliminated, they would still play to win every game and play the players that give them the best chance to win. If they thought Jordan Love gave them the best chance to win over a battered and bruised quarterback with a broken throwing thumb, they would have played Jordan Love, and they didn't. I don't know how much that speaks to Rodgers' talent compared to Love's lack thereof, but I think it's pretty clear where this organization stands on the quarterback position. That's a great reference on Mason Crosby. I mean, it's serious. That's really good. I realize it's different positions, but at that point, you're talking about two guys who are toward the end of their career. 
They bet on Crosby and won. Look, Rodgers had, if you look at his 17, which had a broken collarbone, 18, which is the last year of McCarthy, and 19, the first year of LaFleur. None of those three seasons was very good. 2020, he wins MVP. 2021, he wins MVP. Um, yeah, I suppose a lot of it's Devontae Adams, right? I mean, you lose Christian Watson has off-season knee surgery. He's injured basically for like the first eight weeks of the season where he plays here and there. Then he finally starts playing consistently, but then Romeo Dobbs goes down with an ankle injury. You never really had those two guys. Maybe you get those two players to take that cliche second-year jump. You have a solidified offensive line, which means they're certain that David Bakhtiari is going to play every single week so you don't have to dilly-dally with guys out of position. You can just go roll out there with Bakhtiari at left tackle, Jenkins at left guard, and so on. So you feel good about your old line. Your receivers are experienced. They're going to bring Aaron Jones back. They made that pretty clear today. So you got your running backs out there together. Maybe they just assume that with all those things, Rodgers will return back to normal. And right, as bad as he was at times and as indecisive as he was and as he missed some throws that you think, what? I can't believe he missed that throw. I can't believe that he forgot to play how to play quarterback in the span of a year. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah, he probably can rebound. But at the same token, you drafted Jordan Love in the, in the first round three years ago. If they're going to go back, if Rodgers goes to Goody on March 9th and says, I'm coming back, on March 10th, Jordan Love needs to demand a trade, right? Absolutely. If it's at 3 o'clock that Rodgers says he's coming back at 301, Jordan Love's agents got to call Goody and say, hey, the draft's coming up. You could probably use a new extra first round draft pick. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, something, something's got to come to a head here. I know Goody said they'd be perfectly happy going into the season with two. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he would be, but that just seems unrealistic. But then do, do the Packers trade Jordan Love if he requests a trade, which I think he's well within his right to do. As I've said on here before, he owes the Packers nothing. Right. Um, do the Packers trade him? Because then what if they're like, okay, well, we really get a str- the strongest sense yet that this will be Rodgers last year. We need love. We won't exercise its fifth-year option, but we'll sign him in free agency. Or then does love say, screw it, I'm seeing what's out there on the market and go sign with another team maybe? Or does do they exercise his fifth-year option, say, all right, Aaron, this is it, one more year, and then just go on to love? But then what if Rodgers leads them to a Super Bowl? Then what do they do? Because Love's salary is guaranteed around $20 million for his fifth year. It, it's fascinating. You know, it's – Rodgers did say um, – and I was reading a story on The Ringer about how uh, Rodgers sh- – the Jets should trade for Aaron Rodgers. That brought up a good point. That said, it's, it's basically – which Rodgers has said this before – this three-year extension was the one-year deal with two years tacked on. So if he plays 2023, he's probably playing 2024 too. But as we know, and that's just from a financial standpoint, I believe. As we know with Aaron Rodgers, it's a very year-to-year thing. Like what if they not extend Jordan Love, but exercise his option. Rodgers comes back, plays well. They lose in the Super Bowl. And he says, you know what? I want to play one more. Then what do they do? It's it's extremely complicated. And 
I don't think, like I've said before, Rogers doesn't owe Jordan Love anything. He, he shouldn't be like, oh, I'm retiring because it's Jordan's time. No. And Jordan Love shouldn't be like, well, I'm going to stick around until Aaron leaves. No, he, if he feels he's ready to start, which by all indications, it seems he does, he should find a team that will let him start. Being a backup for four years as a first-round pick and you think you're ready to start is ludicrous. Yeah, then, then there's then there's a, the finances, and I, I'm not going to get into all this because you if you, if you want to read about the finances of Aaron Rodgers' contract, Google Joel Corey, Aaron Rodgers' contract, and he will. Your eyes are going to glaze over with the, with the insane number of numbers there. But um, in 2024, if Rodgers is still here, his cap number is 40.7 million, and Jordan Love's would be 20. You said by my math, that's $60.7 million of your salary cap invested in your starting quarterback and backup quarterback in 2024 if Rodgers decides to stick around. So, woo, that's a lot of money. They have made a, what a colossal mess, Matt. This is what happens when you draft quarterbacks and you probably don't need to. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
there isn't much more to say on the topic. It's all of, you know, we said it after the game. We'll expect, expect a decision sometime in the next two months. Until then, there's nothing much to do except guess. But uh, there were a couple other things to come out of 1265 Lombardi today. Bill mentioned, seems like David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones will be back, likely on restructures. Goody joked that they'll probably have to restructure everybody. Um, explain to the people how, because I know we were talking about this earlier in the office, David Bakhtiari's cap number right now is a little below 30 million for 2023. Aaron Jones is a little above 20 million. Um, it's not necessarily a pay cut, though, as opposed to a restructure. Right. And I don't think they even need to consult these guys. Like Aaron Jones for 2023 has a $7 million roster bonus. That's through the third day of the league year, which is what, March 17th or whatever it is, and an $8.1 million base salary. They could take all that money, give him a restructured contract, and give Aaron Jones a mil- whatever the minimum contract is. It's, it's a million bucks and change. Turn the rest of it into signing bonus. So therefore, Aaron Jones is getting every single penny of his contract, just that the cap pain gets spread out. And the same thing with Bakhtiari. He's got like a $9 million roster bonus. But, you know, um, Goody joked about restructuring everybody, but that's what they did last year. I mean, they did everybody. And when you are sitting here looking at $17 million over the cap, I think it is, according to overthecap.com, once you get your 51 players on a contract, yeah, they're going to have to redo everybody. That's Aaron Jones' contract and Bakhtiari's contract and just kicking that salary cap down the road where these guys are going to be in such trouble when Aaron, whenever Rodgers traded or retired or whatever he does, they're going to have his gigantic cap number and all these other cap numbers on guys who aren't even be playing here anymore. It's going to make your head spin. These guys are going to go 0-17 in 2026, Matt. Because they're not going to have anybody under contract. They might have to sign you at kicker, me at puncher and tight end. It's going to be unbelievable. But they'll get well, through Matt, this year. And right, right, seriously, the only thing that matters is this year, right? If you think Aaron Rodgers is still a quality quarterback, the only thing that matters is the upcoming season. And you'll, and you'll figure out the rest of it as you need to. Well, that's the thing. So what do you think they can get before, before I make my next point, what do you think they could feasibly get Bakhtiari and Jones's cap numbers down to from that 30 and 20 million, or what would they need to? Oh, we'll see the Jones cap number for this year is going to be 20 million or for 2023 is going to be 20 million. Um, if you took the $8 million of base salary and turn that in a signing bonus, that'd be an extra $2 million there, six, seven. You look at you can probably save thirteen million just off the top of my head. That's not bad. No, and, and Bakhtiari probably somewhat similar. I mean, his 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 cap number and and uh, salary are astronomical because they've restructured him a few times here along the way to get in that line. Um, Bakhtiari has a roster bonus of nine and a half million for this coming year, where they could just turn that into signing bonus add another year or two and create some money. So they'll be, they'll, they'll be able to put together a roster for this year. They'll, 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 they'll have a team, but again, That's it's bad. just the, it's the constant restructuring of contracts that at some point you're going to have to pay the piper. Now the saints with Drew Brees, right? I mean, they were like a hundred million dollars over the cap, weren't they? Yeah. And there's, there's still, there's still in cap. I'm looking over the cap right now. 
they are projected to be $54 million over the salary cap. That's not great. No, it's not. Um, and that's what happens when you go all in. And I, this is absolutely not a criticism because I was captain to hell with it, go all in. So this would be, I'm not criticizing the decisions here, um, but for everybody who's wanted the Packers to be aggressive and do what they can, they've basically been aggressive and done what they could to keep their players under contract and sign who you could. Now they've all been budget signings. I get it. But um, this is what happens when you, when you push all the chips in the middle in uh, in poker parlance, you know, if you lose, you're up shit crick. The point I was going to make was the whole intention of this extension was to make the Super Bowl window the next three years. And uh, this season was a disaster from that regard. So part of the reason they might be inclined to stick with Rodgers is because you're going to face cap hell eventually. Mm -hmm. So who gives you a better chance to win a Super Bowl right now? The answer is probably still Aaron Rodgers. I would have to bet. So that's why I kind of think it's, it's uh, his decision whether he wants to play or not. They want Aaron Rodgers to try and win a Super Bowl because if they don't win one in this three-year window, it's a colossal failure by the organization, both in the short and the long term, that contract extension. Granted, hindsight was 2020. They had to do that, but still. Yeah, if, if you're uh, Russ Ball, you're probably wishing that Aaron Rodgers did as Tom Brady did and took some below-market contracts for a few years, but. And, 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 and oh, I no, I 100% agree with that. I'm getting every money I can. I'm just saying Brady did not do that. Um, I'm definitely not criticizing for Rodgers for for doing it. It's but um, they're they're in tough financial straits for this year and especially into the future. And you're right, you might as well just keep riding Rodgers as long as you can and hope that he rebounds with with a um, better performing supporting cast. And maybe that means bringing it back Nathaniel Hackett to help run the red zone slash gold zone. Yeah, I, I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to be back. <coughs> Maybe calling plays in the red zone. I don't think Matt LaFleur would hire his brother. Um, listen, I disagree. May, eh. Matt LaFleur is maybe too critical, critical of himself to a fault. And now we'll transition into kind of what LaFleur said on Monday about all the coaching staff. He doesn't anticipate many, if any, changes to the coaching staff. Said Joe Barry, he anticipates being back. Listen, Matt LaFleur strikes me as the kind of guy who, if he makes changes to those guys under him, that's him passing off the blame. And I know it's, it's coach speak to take the blame, but he seems like a guy who literally just goes out of his way for no reason to take the blame for a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, it's a coaching thing that the team ranked third in the league in unnecessary roughness penalties. But it's not a coaching problem that Quay Walker is shoving a team physician. Like, But Matt LaFleur takes that personally. That's kind of a thing where he doesn't need to put all the blame on himself. Um, and he seems to do that more often than not for situations that maybe don't require it as much. I say that to say... If he's not going to fire Joe Barry, he's not going to fire Jason Vrabel or whoever couldn't get the offensive guys to run the right routes. Because I feel that Matt LaFleur thinks if he's delegating blame, then he's not taking enough blame himself. 
And he's not the kind of guy who seems to do that. He deserves blame for certain, but probably not as much as he puts on himself. So why, what, help me out here, Matt, why on earth would he keep Joe Barry? Other than you, to what you just said, and you can't keep from your coordinator all the time, but we, I joked half my hell. I mean, it was only a quarter of a joke that if, if they weren't top five and in, in points allowed this season, that they should fire Joe Barry, right? But these, this defense was mediocre at best and terrible at worst. Um, if you look at the league rankings, they are middle of the pack in yards, middle of the pack in points. But worse than that, if you go look at, look at the per play basis, they are 28th in rushing, 28th in passing. Mm-hmm. That's not all Rashawn. Rashawn Gary is like the only guy who missed a serious amount of time. Quay Walker is the only young guy out there. There's no excuse for what happened. And I realize that the defense played better. If you look at the last five games, they didn't get more than 20 in any of them. But look at those last plays against Detroit. They had, was it a third and two? That they, that they completed St. Brown, where Jair's like 10 yards off of them. And then obviously the, the fourth and one, the Packers didn't look quite running again. Their defenders are way off the, were way off a of DJ track for an easy. So on the, on the two plays that you absolutely need to get a stop, Green Bay's coverage played a mile off, which we've seen a lot this year. For the life of me, I can't figure out why Joe Barry is still the defensive coordinator of this team. Because he's Matt LaFleur's guy. Matt LaFleur's I guess so. Loyal. I guess so. That's a hell of a way to run a business. And it, and it clearly seems, I, I thought it was interesting. You can go into this a little bit. I don't want to read too much into this because I don't think, you know, sometimes when these press conferences get going and questions and answers are flying, there's not, I guess, a hundred percent thought and intention behind some of the answers. Brian Gutekunst seems to like his players. Yep. Do you think, I'm not saying he was taking a shot. Do you think he thinks there's an issue with the coaching? Yeah, I think so. Again, of course, of course, the GM is always going to think that his players aren't the problem. Um, and look, I mean, I understand we're signing Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell. Those are... Yeah, they were. It was a roll of the dice that they weren't one year wonders. I, I get resigning them. So I, those guys weren't as good, obviously. But you had a full season at Jair Alexander. Um, I think Jaron Reed was a smart signing. Um, when Keyshawn Nixon had to play defense, that was a smart signing. Um, when Rudy Ford, now I wasn't, I mean, these are cheap signings. Rudy Ford played well. Um, so I, I asked Goody that. I mean, he's talking about how they, they didn't quite put together. I mean, they played good defenses for a half of one game and, and not the second half. And I, and I asked him, what makes you think the coaching staff who couldn't find answers over the last six months are suddenly going to find them? He said, I believe in our group. I really do. I think every year is new. And this is a hard league, but I believe in the players. There's no mention of coaching in this answer. It's I believe in the players. Certainly there's going to be change within our roster. There's no doubt about that. But I believe in the organization. How do we do things? I believe in the process. Sometimes things don't go your way and you look at it. And you've got to be able to tweak things. But I believe in the people in this building and I'm excited for 2023. But again, he believes in the players. And he also said that Matt LaFleur's in charge of the coaches. 
So I, I maybe if Goody's in charge of this whole thing, maybe he's pressing an issue here, but he's not. I mean, it's Matt LaFleur's show from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't expect any coaching changes. I was a little surprised that Rich Passaccia maybe hasn't gotten a head coaching interview at least yet um, with the way he kind of turned around. Well, we had this discussion as well. Let's get into it a little bit too because this is one of the last things I wanted to touch on. Uh, all pro teams came out, Associated Press, all pro teams. Keyshawn Nixon, first team kick returner. Jair Alexander, second team cornerback. Rich Passaccia is a good coach. But when people are quick to say, oh, he turned around the special teams. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, was, I caught myself when I just said, oh, you should get head coaching jobs. Brian Gutekunst isn't the one starting Amari Rogers on, on teams for the first seven weeks. Matt LaFleur is not the one. It's Rich Bisaccia. So I understand Rich Bisaccia is a good coach, but how good of a coach is he for all the, the good stuff he did, setting up the blocking and the operation? One of the biggest problems personnel-wise that this team had this year, injuries aside, was the fact that Keyshawn Nixon, who was just named the best kick returner in, on planet Earth, Return one kick in the first seven weeks. And it's not like Rich Basaccia came to Green Bay and, and said, oh, it's going to take me a while to figure out what we have. He's coached the guy for the last three years. Now, I understand he didn't kick, return kicks really in, in Vegas, in Oakland, or in Vegas, I should say. But you know the guy. You know his skill set, even, even if he hasn't returned kicks. It's an indictment. Not just not really on the entire coaching staff, although I guess you could say it is. But the fact that Keyshawn Nixon wasn't returning kicks all season, that lies on Basaccia. So before everyone's quick to say he turned around the special teams, that is arguably fault number one on the entire coaching staff this year, and it lies on Basaccia. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've, I've thought a few times that maybe that was. Goody saying, hey, this is my third round pick and he's not playing receiver. We need to get him out here in some capacity. So I've thought that a few times, but then I thought, how many of these sp- transactions had Basaccia's hands written all over him, right? I mean, Ke- obviously, Keyshawn Nixon was a Basaccia guy. Donald Levitt was a Basaccia guy. Um, being an accomplished guy like he has been, talking about Basaccia, I don't think he'd have come here um, without total control over who's playing I mean, not the personnel, but who's playing on his units. Mm-hmm. So, no, I do think that is 100% on Masaccia for, for not giving him a shot here earlier or not giving him a shot with the Raiders in three years. Um, man, what a stroke of luck move it was, though, wasn't it? I mean, the guy changed everything. I mean, he gave – it wasn't that he just provided field position. I mean, he gave an, a spark to that entire unit. And he, you would, I would dare to say he was the number one reason why the Packers won four games in a row at the end of the year. Just the fuse that he lit, the swag that they gave him, he changed everything. And what if he was there from the beginning? I keep going back. I know that you can play what ifs with every team, but it a, yeah, it was the Washington game, right, Matt? Where Amari Rogers they lost by a couple. Amari Rogers muffs the punt in the red zone, gifts the Commanders a field goal. They lose by two. They win that game. They're probably in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. As much as we can look at the Detroit game at the end of the year, it's all those games and. Yeah, he had four or five fumbles, including that one, which is just an absolute killer. Well, 
That's the game of what ifs that you play. And they they got he's got to be priority one, right? Now they've got Elton Jenkins signed. If you look at the list of free agents, I mean, he's got to be the guy you got to sign, right? Keyshawn Nixon, absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. Number one. Number one. Yep. And in midseason, he's a total nothing signing, right? It's like, eh, decent enough player. Manage how a guy can change everything. You know, his his future, the team, everything in the span of two and a half months. Unbelievable. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick early uh Yes or no. I'll read off the 14 unrestricted free agents that the Packers have. And we'll give a quick yes or no with maybe a brief explanation on on why we think they'll be back. Adrian Amos, I say no. No. um, The Packers don't have enough money. And um, I think maybe he's a guy that might be a missing piece for a contender. Randall Cobb, I say Yes, if Aaron Rodgers is back. Agree. Dean Lowry, no. No. It's time to let Devontae Wyatt loose. Yes. As long as he doesn't as long as he doesn't shoulder bump any any trainers. Um Mason Crosby, no. No. Alan Lazard, no. I say yes. I say he's got more value here and will make more money here than elsewhere. Robert Tanya, no. No. Jaron Reed, 30 years old. I say no. I think they'll go with the top three of Clark, Slayton, and Wyatt on the D-line and then fill in the pieces after that. Yeah, if you can get them for the same contract you get them for this year, which is minimum, I'd bring them back in a heartbeat. Mercedes Lewis, uh, I'm going to go yes, as long as Aaron Rodgers is back as well. What is he? One more season and he sets the record? Yes. So you know he wants to play, and yeah, for sure. Most seasons played as a tight end. I think he he has one more year in him. Hell of a player. Unbelievable. Can you imagine? I mean, the guy is just a marvel. He really is. Donald Levitt. Yes. Yes. Too important to the Aaron Rodgers of Packers special teams, as Rich Passaggi has said. Jonathan Ford, who is Rudy Ford? The Packers have two Jonathan Fords. Rudy's real name is Jonathan. Um, Rudy Ford, I say yes. Yeah, you might be starting this year, right? It's possible. And by, and by this, I mean next. Next season, yeah. Eric Wilson, uh, I saw a stat someone tweeted that he was PFF's highest graded special teamer in the entire league. So I'll just go. Yes. <laughs> Keep those core special teams guys around. Yeah. He had a lot of tackles. I'm trying to get to the, uh, um, the GSIS's tackle list right now for special teams. He would be tied for number one with Isaiah McDuffie with 13 tackles on special teams. So yes. Keyshawn Nixon. Yes. Yes. Justin Hollins. They really need to get their edge rusher depth sorted out. Yes. I'd keep them. Yeah, I, I, he's a nice nice piece. Mm-hmm. I'll go yes just because they need 
guys who have played just in case for Sean Gary doesn't come back full strength. Right. I mean, they're going to, they're going to need guys anyway, right? They're going to need to draft some guys. So you might, you might also keep, keep a guy who played relatively well for you. So you don't have to, that way you don't have to go draft like three of them, right? At least you can minimize right. what you need. And Yash Nyman. Yes. Yes. Now I thought it was interesting late in the season. They obviously thought Zach Tom was better than him. So They had to be be injury-related, don't you think, though, Matt? I mean, he was so good for the first 14 games. I can't believe he suddenly sucked for the last three. Is Yash? It says here he's unrestricted, but I think he's a restricted free agent. Yes, restricted for sure. And I I would think a guy you're going to have to put a a second-round tender on, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think you have to put a second-round tender on him. He's he's proven to be a starting-caliber tackle at both spots. Those don't grow on trees. Another team will... I don't think part with a second round pick uh, for Yash, but I think on the lowest level of tender, not the lowest level, I think the, uh, what is it? The exclusive rights tender? No, not the exclusive rights. Right, it's the, the right of first refusal, which right means you get first nothing. Refusal, I was going to say. Um, another team will pick him up if, if the Packers put that on him. So I think they need to do a second round pick, whatever that is, a salary around, you know, 4 million, kind of like what Lazard got last year. And Tunyon, I believe. So, yep. uh, I believe Yash will stay. Whether he's starting or not, we'll see. But that's the list. Um, some interesting decisions ahead. We'll have a couple more episodes for you before we take a little break. Maybe some free agency combine preview. Combine comes up at the end of February. Owners meetings end of March. As always with this team, they'll be in the news. The quarterback will be in the news, one or both of them. Um, And we'll have everything for you. Uh, Bill on SI, me on The Athletic, uh, everything on Twitter. You know where to follow us. As always, we can't appreciate, show our appreciation. It's been a long season. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. We can't show our appreciation for you enough for sticking with us throughout this whole season. As I said, we're not going anywhere just yet. Uh, the news has just begun. Talk to you guys next time.